the Beauty Edit podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry. I'm Amanda. And I'm Amanda's daughter, Shelby. We are so proud and honoured to share with you that we are the newest ambassadors to the Navy professional team. As business owners of Ever Pretty Beauty Studio, we understand the importance of using the highest quality tools and hygiene products. We instantly fell in love with Navy Pro Tools when we first invested in their cuticle pushers, named Ethel and Doris. Their titanium coating gives them their signature gold look, but also helps minimise cross-contamination, and we were blown away by their precision. Hygiene has always been a top priority in the studio, and using the Navy three-step hygiene process has allowed us to work safely and effectively, giving us full confidence. Navy's hygiene system has been created with the help from Dr Fenton, an infection prevention and control expert. If you wish to place an order, you can use our code PRETTY10 for 10% discount. Today's guest needs no introduction. Globally renowned nail technician Marion Newman joins us to tell us all about her exciting, successful career and shares with us her most recent ventures and what she's been up to during lockdown. We chat about Marion's new Facebook page, Madge's Chat Show, and we find out where the inspiration came from to start this group, which is snowballing with new members. Marion covers her entire career in this podcast, which is pretty impressive, but shares with us her career highlights and most challenging chapters. At the end of this podcast episode, Marion shares with us some much-needed advice for when we return to work. If you are feeling anxious and uncertain about the future, please keep listening. This episode will hopefully ease some of the worries we are all experiencing. Hi, Marion. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Hello. 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 Are you all right? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, happy good. Monday. Yeah, oh, yeah. Monday again. Yeah, <laughs> it's Monday all again. The... <laughs> <laughs> all it's the so week. strange. Every day is just sort of rolling into. It's like when you're on a holiday and you're like, "What day is it? What day is yeah. it? Exactly. It's just a day. It's just another yeah. day." Yeah, apart yeah. from we're not on holiday, unfortunately. No, no. the sun's not shining. <laughs> we're not on holiday. And um, Ireland, the you know, the Republic of Ireland, open today. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. happy for those that can open, I even know. though slightly jealous that we're not going back. But soon. It's, yeah, it's progress. Yeah. It is. Exactly. It is. And let them test water. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> they can give us all the all the info then. Yeah, exactly. How they find it. Because I think a lot of people will be really excited to go back, but really anxious as well about going back today. I think yeah. I would. Yeah, the all the all the Irish girls that I know, they were really excited, but they're like, Oh, I'm sure we're ready, we've done everything, but oh yeah. um I think and you know, I think when, when we got that that information last week that we're not opening in the UK, I think, you know, there's there was such a divide. Some people were like, Oh, phew, thank goodness for that. Um, I'm not ready. And then others were angry, others were disappointed, others were really upset, you know, so it's such mixed emotions, isn't it, about this whole yeah. opening. I think it's not knowing. I yeah, think it co- yeah. all comes under the umbrella of not knowing. Yeah, not knowing. And you I kn- think a lot of it has become not personal opinion, but you've got to make some big decisions as well. Yes. Haven't you? And although we've got these government guidelines now, or we have got help, you're still having to make some decisions yourself as yeah. a business owner. 
And I think that is the hard part. It is the hard part, but it's actually the real, the really, really important part because, you know, I've yeah. said so many times in different things that I've done is we're in the same storm, but different boats. So, you know, the storm is the is COVID and the storm is the lockdown, but the boats are all your in very individual circumstances. So, you know, you've got to make the decisions for your own personal circumstances and no one can do that for you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because so, I yeah. think people, like you say, Marianne, people do have complete different circumstances. You know, some people need to get back for financial reasons. Others probably don't need to rush back if you've got some support, financial support. And then if you've got staff, if you work on your own, if you work from home, if you've got a salon, it's yeah. like there's so many sort of different scenarios exactly. um, for going for going back. And, you yeah. know, the whole dust issue, I mean, that dust has been an issue for this for this industry forever because dust is hazardous. It's probably yeah. the most hazardous thing we have to deal with. So, you know, it's always been there anyway. But then because of the way this particular virus behaves, dust yeah. is even more of an issue. So, you know, I know like so many people, but I don't I only do natural nails. So I don't create much dust. Of, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do? You know, so it, it, everybody is completely different. Yeah. yeah yeah I think there's a lot of different information being given out as well mm. um and not necessarily the right information yeah. no. well we all know as well that things that are coming from the government it's not going to cover everything they don't know our industry well enough to cover everything I know like the guidelines are supposed to cover nail salons hairdressers barbers all in one document that they've submitted yeah. and I'm reading them like oh my god yeah. <laughs> this doesn't apply to me you know yeah. bits and bobs of it don't really talk in detail about for us a nail salon yeah no not at all I mean there are a couple of tiny little mentions but you know it is a document it's a general document and and it's got to be general and they do say well they use some strange terminology in that they say refer to your union and I and you know I read that and thought oh <laughs> we ain't got one of those what? so um but, <laughs> but I mean what what they mean with that is you know these are the general guidelines this is what we expect you to do and now get the detail from your associations so you know when they yeah. say union they mean associations so yeah and all the associations have written their guidelines you know some are good some are a bit oh I'm not sure that's correct but you know <laughs> um and that and that's what you have to do this is general and you get the detail from the associations so yeah and they're called guidelines for a reason I guess aren't they it's to their guide you making yeah. them decisions <laughs> exactly exactly I mean there are lots of things um from a health and safety point of view, because if you notice the guideline says you, this does not supersede any existing health and safety regulations. Well, you know, the health and safety regulations, again, they've been in place and they are a regulation. They're not necessarily a law, but they're enforceable. Um, and so I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, but it's the law. And it's like, well, not exactly. And then some people are saying, well, it isn't a law, so they're not enforceable. Well, actually, they are enforceable <laughs> because they're a regulation and a regulation yeah. is enforceable. Um, and you can get closed down. You can get fined. You can even get a criminal offence from it. So, you know, that, that's pretty enforceable to me. Yeah. And, and it's health and safety basically it's all yeah. it is health and safety yeah but it's surprising like with covid coming along and obviously the hand washing but i mean when i when i trained at college i mean it was the first thing that we were taught you had to do 
yeah. was wash your hands. Yeah. And I just think just the basics of just gradually and gradually slipped. The standards have yeah. started to slip a little. Um, because, I mean, we would fail any assessments if we didn't wash our hands. Yeah. And that was the first thing. You said hello and then you washed your hands. Washed your hands. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And you had to wash them in front of your client so that your client could see you washing your hands. Yeah. I mean, I'm going back years and years now, but it's just the basics. Yeah, you know? it is. So I do I do think um it'll definitely raise standards again. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the positives. I mean, I think yeah. there are a lot of positives to come out of this situation actually. Yeah, I mean, I lots do, of lots of bad stuff, but lots of positives and that's one of them is you know, all of a sudden the standards that we've had forever everybody is now focusing on them instead of cutting corners or you know in a lot of mm-hmm. cases not even being taught them which is scary yeah yeah that is scary <laughs> yeah so, yeah is. that's a positive I think because everybody is realizing I think you know oh we should be doing this and yeah you should yeah. why weren't you <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. I remember <laughs> being at college and starting like you know like they'll say right we're going to do assessments today and I can't remember what treatment it was for and you know probably my nana or something that came in and she'd come in to be a client and like I'd gone hi take a seat blah 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 and then I'd realized that I'd not I'd like got the file or whatever or wax strip or whatever it was to do <laughs> and I'd realized and I like looked at my tutor and went I'll start again oh, yeah. <laughs> and she were yeah. like yeah, yeah I think that's a good idea <laughs> like yeah. oops, it's like the nerves <laughs> exactly well, yeah I mean but that's that's in college isn't it when you're being assessed yeah and you're like yeah. too focused on being watched instead of <laughs> instead yeah. of doing what you need to do but you know I, at the beginning of this when this whole hand washing thing um because you know we seem to have gone in waves of of anxieties you know that hand washing was a, a small one but nevertheless it was there and then autoclaves was another one and you know there was all the anxieties yeah. about that do we have we got to buy an autoclave haven't we love you know the whole hygiene thing on that side and then the most recent thing which I think in a few weeks time I never want to hear the word again is um masks and and guidelines it's like (laughs) don't mention that word anymore but I but with the hand washing thing right at the beginning I remember I read I read somebody I might I think it's probably even a couple of people in different you know different situations saying but I'm going to feel so embarrassed asking my client to wash their hands and I was like what why well, yeah, why I didn't I didn't comment but um you know it's like why and somebody did and it's like well they'll think that I think they're dirty it's like well they are <laughs> they have, yeah. <laughs> tell they them have... to scrub under the nails as well whilst they're at it exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean you know your hands are dirty they're dirty all the time so you yeah. know you, you need to be touching clean hands but anyway yeah. anyway we're yeah. nearly there yeah, yeah. So I think we might just skip a little bit because I think this is probably a good time to to just chat about um, Facebook and your Facebook group that you set up, um, <laughs> Maggie's Chat Show. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. Yeah. Um, I just think it just follows on lovely to what we've just been chatting about, really. Um, could you just tell us, obviously, we follow Maggie's Chat Show um, on right. Facebook. So could you just tell us, 
what made you think about starting that? Um, yeah, well, it was literally the day after lockdown. So end of March. And it was the day after lockdown. Um, and I thought, oh, my goodness, all these people are going to be sitting at home, getting really anxious and, you know, scared because it was very scary time, I think, then, you know, yeah, because no one knew anything about anything. You know, oh, we're all going to die. You know, you know, we, we, we just have to walk outside our front door and we're going to, you know. So I just thought of all these people sitting at home and I know an awful lot of nail professionals and and quite a lot know me so I thought I know I think I'm going to start a group because um I've been working on a project for like over a year so I'd been doing a lot of research and I'd found out some new things um and I'm a big devotee of Doug Shoon so you know he'd been he'd been doing some great his face to face and he had some new information and so I thought oh I know I'm going to start a little group maybe 50 people um and we'll do in the you know one day in the week we'll do a little bit of revision you know I'll think of a topic and I'll do a little bit of revision and have a chat to people about it and then um I was thinking oh what on earth am I going to call this and I didn't want it to be <laughs> I didn't want it to be formal I wanted it to be very informal you know just like having a chat as you know like we are now with a cup of tea having a chat yep, basically yep. um so but and this is really very tongue-in-cheek and actually one of my I've got quite a big team that I work with with shows and um one of them said why don't you call it Madge is something because Madge is something that it started years and years ago with some of my old team that have moved on now I'm still friends with them and actually I think it might have been one of them why don't you call it Madge because Madge is when they're feeling brave <laughs> that's what they tell me when they're when they're feeling brave they they call me Madge and I mean it's really so tongue-in-cheek but it all came from your majesty <laughs> because for, from the team point of view you know I sort of led the team and when we get into the real sort of stressful situations that we do at shows um, I'm the boss and they've got to do what I tell them basically <laughs> I mean I think I'm, I'm, I'm usually nice all the time but you know sometimes it does get stressful so it's like oh yes your majesty and so um I mean really Mickey taking but that's fine I like that so yeah that's where it came from so I thought oh yeah that's nice that's informal tongue-in-cheek that'll you know so that's where yeah. that came from and then I originally thought yeah 50 people because you know I work with a lot of people and they're all when they can they always pick my brains about stuff because obviously I've written textbooks and I'm yeah. more of the science side these days more than anything so they pick my brains and I thought okay I'll let them pick my brains then it'll give it'll give us all something to do and then it got sort of pop, I think within a couple of hours of me starting it there were 80 people I was like oh okay oh well oh <laughs> oh okay maybe 200 that would be a nice number you know 200 people that's fine and so yeah I did it ended up because they loved it so much I ended up doing th three three times a week I do a little revision chat and, you know, they'd ask me questions and they'd talk to each other in the comments because I hadn't worked out how to do anything else other than a live. And um, I couldn't get anybody on to chat with me. I tried, but failed miserably. Um, so, yeah, it started like that. And then we did a load of different topics and they were like, oh, can you do one on such and such? Like, oh, can you do one on, on allergies? Like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'll do one on that. And then, oh, can you do one on that? You know, the whole UV lamp situation? Oh, yeah, that's I'll do one on that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, 
so it went on like that. And then, you know, during these things, I, I've got in any given topic, I'll always have a story because I've just been around for a long time and done lots of <laughs> lots of things. So there's always a story. And a then, lot of experience. Yeah. OK. Yeah. A lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just old. <laughs> um, and so, yes, yeah, someone said, oh, tell us stories. And I was like, OK, so next time I'll do a story. I'll do story time. And quite a lot of my team came on as well. So they were feeding me, oh, what about the time when da 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 da, da? And so, oh, do you remember when we did that? Da, 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 da. So I did a few like that. Um, and it, it, I mean, it was fun and they just wanted more and more of that. And then I thought, actually, this is, I'm, this is a little bit overexposure here, you know, like <laughs> in the nicest possible way, not the nasty overexposure. But I thought this is all about me and I don't want it to be about me. It, you know, it's about let's have a chat because we're all sat at home and let's, you know, yeah. let's learn stuff. So then yeah. I started to um, ask other people, you know, do you fancy doing a live? And oh, yeah, I'll do a live for you. So I then brought in some various guests, you know, people that I've known for years who I knew would be either entertaining or educational or, you know, help a bit with the situation. So I sort of moved it a little bit that way so that it wasn't just about me. And then more and more and more people wanted to join. And I, I had to like make a real decision. Do I want this to be a big group or do I want to keep it small? And then, you know, all the information, um, because I'm on the British Beauty Council, I'm in, on the advisory board of the British Beauty Council. And, you know, we had to we had to create guidelines. And I'm like, oh, this is getting a bit serious, actually. Um, and, you know, maybe people want a bit of help with this. So I changed the focus of it and made it a little bit more serious. And so I was I was like doing chats about guidelines and risk assessments, um, yeah. because, you know, when I first started to do the guidelines for the BBC I'm like the only way to approach this is risk assessment and so we started doing that and then more and more and more people joined and then and then I got more and more people coming on and I was doing <laughs> I was doing Zoom meetings with people like I did some I did an interview with Doug Shoon um which was great and, and it was questions that people had sent in to the group so you know it was like them talking to him if you see what I mean um yeah yeah and I did a Jan Arnold uh chat which was so inspirational I mean if anybody wanted you know because I, I wanted to like move it into the positivity as well yeah yeah we um, all need a bit of that right yeah, now we do. exactly um and so yeah it got it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and then I then it like it got the situation got more serious and I thought okay let's find out what is actually needed so I arranged this really big meeting that had about 55 people on it um that I put into chat rooms breakout rooms you know on zoom yeah and I had a couple of experts in each of the rooms talking about specific topics uh, and you know that the information that came out of that was absolutely fascinating it really was. Um, and I thought, right, OK, I've got to now change. I think that we had about 2000 members by then. Um, and I thought I've got to change the focus of this group again. I've got to, you know, it's got again, stop being about me. It's got to be more about, OK, let's think of the future now. Where are we heading? What are we going to wake up to? What is our new normal going to be? Um, yeah. And so I sort of changed the focus again and got loads more people, got all different types of experts either to chat amongst themselves or I did a little chat with them um and 
yeah, now here we are. We've got over three and a half thousand members I now. I know, I was just going <laughs> to say that. Yeah, it's growing all the time. It is. And, and do you know what is so amazing about it? is that everyone is so nice. Everyone is yeah. so nice and sharing. You know, I've had, me and the other um, moderators, we've we've hardly had to deal with anything unpleasant. I mean, really. And it's just, it's just got, as so many people say, it's just got such a nice feel about it um, because people are nice. So, yeah. you know, and so much has come from it, actually. So many different things. For example, should I tell you about one thing that you'll... Yes. You'll, yes. Yeah. We're dying to know. <laughs> Come on, spill the beans. There are lots of things I could spill the beans on. But I mean, this one, only because it's like just about ready, is one of the things, one of the rooms on that big, you know, the big meeting that I organised. Um, what came about from from that is that um, one of my friends, who was actually one of the experts in, in that particular group, Tracy Shelverton, you know, from the Netherlands, um, who's an amazing teacher. She really is. She's She's like does the real advanced type teaching she does um uh nail structure and pathology you know she's got like a medical almost a medical it's like one below a medical right, yeah. yeah so she was in that group and she'd sent me this little video because I'd talked to her about their guidelines because they opened quite a while ago and when I was doing the guidelines I was talking to various people from various different countries saying well what are you doing you know what's go you know what's mm. happening over there yeah. and just to get a feel for you know where where the guidelines are all heading and so she was very involved in writing the guidelines for the Netherlands. And she said, oh, we've done this little video. I'm going to send it to you. So she sent me this really cute little video, a sort of cartoony type video. And it's and it's consumer facing. So it's telling the consumer what what they can expect when they go back into a salon. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And so yeah. they she was in that group. I um, can't even remember what the subject. Oh, education, I think that group anyway um so they some of them then formed another little group to <laughs> I know I'm like oh grouped on groups, groups, on groups. it is like part <laughs> parcel so yeah they formed another they formed another group which ended up being called the salon standards alliance and so they then then and, and I said you know do it go you know I'm just go do it it's a fantastic idea you know I don't have to be involved um you know just get on with it it's fabulous because I was really trying to take the focus off me and and give other people opportunities to do things so um yeah so they did a crowdfunding thing and raised more than enough money more than enough actually wow. and so and the video is just about ready and I think it's going to be oh, ready like wow. today or tomorrow Oh, and <laughs> that'll be so good because I know, like, we've all concentrated from seeing things from our point of view. Exactly. Yeah, we've not really thought about how our clients are going to feel. Are they going to feel like they want to return? Mm. Are they safe to return? So that's it's it, up until now, and just chatting with you. It's not really something I'd thought about, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, well, I mean, depth. we had we had quite a few chats on Madge because, you know, when I sort of changed the focus for the second time, looking forward, you know, we've, we've done, I've done, I've covered every single topic I can possibly think of. Well, there's one that I haven't done yet, which I'm still working on, which is insurance, and I'm working on that one. Um, but I'd covered every single topic, and I thought, okay, I don't, I can't keep, doing the same thing so let's look to the future so mm. you know the future not only is our new normal but also we've got to we've got to instill a lot of confidence yeah. into the, into the 
the the new clients, the old clients, you know, to say we are safe, you, we are safe. Yeah. You, you can come back and you'll be fine. And this is why you're going to be safe. And so that's where this video, that's why they did the video in the Netherlands. And that's why it was such a good idea to change it for, for us here. Um, and it, it, it's really, really cute. And it is, and it is just about ready. Um, and I know, you know, they've done a lot of change. Obviously, they've changed the language because when she sent it to me, it was all in Dutch. And I was like, oh, yeah. OK, <laughs> well, translate. yeah, I get the gist because, you know, there's this client going in. So I get the gist of it and thought how cute it was. So, um, yeah, that's just about ready. And that is um, when that is available, as I say, hope today or tomorrow, um, it's for it's free for everybody to share on you know on their own pages oh, that's there that's gonna be so good yeah, yeah and it's it's got to get out to the consumer it's not yeah. for us it's the consumer no. to say you're safe come back we want you yeah. we miss you you know um and a few couple of weeks ago actually I did an interview with the beauty director of the telegraph I don't know if you saw the piece that she wrote um that was about um risk assessments basically and you know that this is how it this is how it has to be. Anyway, I, I did an, um, an interview with her and she wrote a really, really lovely piece. And uh, so I told her about this little video and she was like, oh, as soon as it's ready, I want it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect placement. You know, the yeah. Telegraph, it's, yeah. you know, it's like spot on for placement, you know. Yeah. So I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, and yeah, I'm going to send it to her. And she's hopefully, as long as she likes it, hope she will. Um, she'll put it on the on the Telegraph website. Oh, that'll be so good. That mm. will it. So I mean, you know, so, that's will, sorry. Carry sorry, on. will that be available? Will you share that in the Magis chat show then? We'll or? share it everywhere. Brilliant. It'll be all over, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, and it and it really oh. is for everybody, you know, to to just share and and make sure they get the message out to their clients. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's for everybody so to share, and hopefully we'll get some other. I mean, I'm sure Scratch will cover it, but you know, obviously yeah. we want Scratch to cover it, but we want Scratch to cover it so that nail professionals see it and use it to share it for their clients yes, yeah exactly yeah like I wonder if it can be sort of embedded into like um client emails and things mm, like yeah, that like booking yeah. that's what I'm just thinking yeah. oh that's yeah. a bit technical <laughs> uh, Marion you sound like you're the queen of technology now with oh, all no. the zoom chat rooms <laughs> I'm thinking I've not got a clue not a clue well <laughs> neither have I and it sort of worries me a little bit because you know it has gone wrong um but you know I was talking I did I interviewed uh, Millie Kendall interview I didn't interview her I had a chat with her on Saturday she's the um, CEO of the British Beauty Council and yeah and I wanted people to see just how amazing she is and how much work the British Beauty Council have done anyway and also how much work they've done for this situation and um, so I had a chat with her on Saturday actually it was great and we were saying on there you know all this stuff we've had to learn who knew yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. And I think, like, my memory is shocking. So I'm like, oh. We say she's like a goldfish. <laughs> like, three seconds and it's gone again. It's gone. She just asked me 20 times a day what I'm having for my tea tonight. <laughs> well, do you know, that is me, I have to say, because, you know, all the times I've done a Zoom or I've done, I'm like, what button have I got to press? I can't remember. <laughs> it gets harder. It, it does. gets harder. And these young ones don't appreciate that. Like, I'm saying, she, if you just write it down, and she's like, no, I'll just do it I'll just do mm. it and I'm like if you just write it down and then I'm like oh my god I've turned into my mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be be sensible. Sensible. 
be sensible and write it down and then yeah no I'll remember and then you don't remember I remember the weirdest things I can remember all sorts of scientific names and I can remember all sorts of of ingredients forms of, of the skulls and, and yeah <laughs> I can remember all stuff like that and you know like the the things that Jim was talking about you know those really yeah. long ingredient names I can remember that and I can't remember real life situations that's like <laughs> me I just keep saying it's the menopause but I don't, I don't think you're think, in the menopause I don't think I'm in the menopause yet <laughs> yeah but well if you're not in it yet you've got a whole load of be... years you can use that yeah. excuse <laughs> yeah I'm past Literally. it so I can't I I can just say well you know my menopause brain has now changed so it's I can't can't remember anything I know it's honestly um but yeah touching on the British Beauty Council Mm -hmm. so you've been working close with with them yes um have you just been working on the guidelines for when we reopen or are you involved more with the British Beauty Council um well I mean, I've been on their advisory board since they started, which um, is just over, I think it's just over, I think Millie said. I mean, it feels like longer, actually. I mean, she really did explain. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it, because she's amazing. Um, um, so I've been on their advisory board since they started. Um, and I'm sort of really the only nail person on there, actually. Sharmadine Reed is on there, but um, she's more entrepreneurial business. You know, she's more that side rather than a nail professional. And so, yeah, I seems to be the only one on there. And it's a lot of hairdressers, a lot of beauty, a lot of estheticians. You know, there's all sorts of like mm-hmm. fabulous people on there. So I've been involved with them since they, they started and been to a few meetings where we've done some think tank things and you know it's all really quite fascinating I was involved when they did their huge project which was resulted in that document called the value of beauty where they they I mean it was a massive project where they they managed to uh when they put when it was pulled all together and it had to be done by sort of um, organizations that were sort of recognized by the government um, you know it's not just a, lot, a load of people sitting down oh yeah we think that's worth that and that's probably yeah you know it, it was like done really professionally really properly and that's when they they discovered that the value of beauty is 27.2 billion pounds in Ooh, in the UK just in the UK yeah and yeah. that and that is that is bigger than um, car manufacturing yeah I was just gonna say that yeah so the whole point of doing that was so that the government because the government ignored the beauty industry largely um you know that I mean one of the things that the the council has been trying to do is to get us associated with the creative industries because the creative industries have a huge voice in 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 government um and we're not even part of that so you know we, we we don't we haven't had much of a voice and so this whole value of beauty was basically to say look do you realize how big we are um yeah. and how much how much you know how much we bring into this country basically yeah. and you know yeah, overseas and what we do for trades. the economy yeah exactly so that was the whole point of that and they absolutely proved I mean 27.2 billion pounds yeah. that's not to be sneezed at so and that's us that's just the UK so yeah um so I was involved in all of that and you know they've got lots of amazing plans um going forward but then this happened and so you know poor Millie and the other board members I'm not on the board I'm just the advisory board um 
they were like, oh, we didn't sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it's put a stop to quite a lot of things this year. Yeah. It? You know, like when we've been chatting to people, things have just been paused mm. is the best thing I can yeah. say. Everything's just been. Yeah. The whole of life. To, it all came to us. Yeah. It just came to a sudden halt. And but gradually the cogs are starting to turn. And yeah, we're going to get there. Yeah. Boris can get his hair cut. <laughs> that's what I keep saying Boris obviously needed a haircut and a pint yeah exactly yeah so and he could get his nails done in a few weeks so yeah and we, and we yeah. could all go on holiday so you know what's yeah. what's not It'll to love good. we're opening you know that our life is opening back up again yeah. yeah I think a lot of people just quickly digressing I think a lot of people even though it hadn't been set and we'd not been given a date because they'd said before... Hearts had been set on the, yeah, on the 4th of July. Bef- yeah. You know, before, it won't be before the 4th of July. I think people misinterpreted yeah. that as in, it will be the 4th of yeah. July. Um, and it never then, was. It never no, was. Mm. No, and I think people just got their hopes up and they'd you do got something you to work some towards. Hope, don't you sometimes? Yeah. You need a little bit of hope and a little bit of positivity. Yeah. But, exactly and I think when that announcement came out for those in England it were like crash and burn wasn't it yeah. <laughs> they were like oh god I think it was just the whole if you were to draw a graph of yeah lockdown it, it's really low everybody was like terrified terrified of catching it terrified of the business losing clients yeah financials and then after a couple of weeks we were like well I quite like this weather's really nice and we've been for yeah. of walk yeah you know yeah <laughs> and, we, and and like the air smells fresher and you can hear the birds singing and I've got more time yeah do you know it, it's just and then it like what happened last week with the day it were another real low I think for people but then people have come out of it again and it, it's just really ups and downs I think but a massive learning curve along the way oh huge and and you know like we we're saying about technology um and you know people have had time to do some more education they've had time to you know yeah. u- upgrade their skills um you know I think there's there's a lot of really really good stuff to come out of it I really do and and I do understand I'm I, I don't think I'm in the majority at all I'm definitely in the minority but I do understand why hairdressers open first I do yeah, my son's a barber, Marion, and he's going back to work. Um, he's they're they're splitting um, the, shifts, aren't they? Yeah, they're mm. splitting shifts. So he's actually returning next Monday, I think, next Monday or Tuesday. Mm. Um, but and I can see it from his point of view. He's a barber, you know, and I I can I can understand people are disappointed and they're thinking, well, if hairdressers can, but with him being a barber, I can see the difference. Mm. There is a difference. I mean, you know, we're uh, nails and and facials, for example, are the closest contact in in the beauty. I mean, you know, mm. we are the closest contact. We're we're just so close to our, each other's breathing zone. So, yeah. I mean, that is the bit. I I obviously get that bit, but I also get why why the government have decided to to do it in phases because, you know, they don't know if how many people are going to abide by. Um, the health and safety rules and be compliant um, they they don't know if if you know how the spread of this because nobody really understands this virus really do they they don't know no really what it's doing um, and so you know if so many sectors all opened at once that 
that fall into and because we fall into this category called close contact and that's very specific um so and hairdressers are in that as well and so you know if all of these hundreds and hundreds of people all of a sudden started this very close contact um situation what's going to happen so let's do it gently like you know the lockdown thing is reopening gently so I I get it because they don't really understand what's going to happen and they need to monitor it yeah I I agree with you on that one because then obviously if there was a second wave or which peak peak, (laughs) um you know and it say it was to come from like the hairdressing sector it's easier to to say right well they're not in as much contact as what we are Mm. so we're gonna have to backtrack a little bit I I just think it just makes sense I know people Mm. are upset um and it is really frustrating and financially we need to get back but I think the last thing any of us would want to do is to be right back to to square one with it all yeah but did you did you see in the papers that um there's a there's a chance that Leicester yeah, it's, it's I, I saw it back. on the news. Mm. I saw it on the news last night. Well, we've had a case because we're in West Yorkshire, um, and there were a case. We were classed as a hotspot as well. It were a few weeks ago. It came yeah. out that Leicester, and then um, like a part of West Yorkshire that's really close to us in Wakefield. Like, what's it called? Calderdale. Calderdale. There, them two were like hotspots, and they were sending people to them areas mm. but then our area seems to have gone quiet and the yeah, focus is on Leicester at the moment yeah because yeah. I think they identified where the hotspot was it was a bacon factory oh my I god think. yeah some, um, about a thousand people didn't they a thousand people yeah. were tested positive in one factory yeah but I think I think the the factory was owned by Asda and I think Asda have jumped in straight away closed yeah. it done all, all the necessary um, things that they've needed to do and I think it's instantly put a stop um, to the spread because yeah. we were getting a bit concerned because I know now they're obviously talking about putting like Leicester as <laughs> I'm a... laughing I thought you were going to say something like but getting more concerned about my bacon sandwich <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <My> bacon sandwich <laughs> but um like we were getting concerned because we were thinking well there's like rumors of Leicester going on like a local lockdown situation and I'm thinking well Probably if our area went into a local lockdown, that'd be our salon that can't reopen. We'd probably be classed in that in yeah, that area. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh no, please. But it, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. Yeah. It does. There's nothing we can do about it. No. Yeah. There isn't. And we've just, I think, you know, people might not like the guidelines, might not like, the, you know, things that you've got to comply with. Well, you know, I just think, just do it. Just do it. You know, whether you think you should or not, just do it. Yeah. And the sooner we do it, the sooner we yeah. can can get out of this. Get to the new normal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I know we can chat for England, honestly. Um, I know we've not actually touched on you personally. So would you mind giving us a little bit of an insight as to how you came into the industry, what you've done while you've been in the industry, Um I know we touched on like you being an author, um, which a couple I've got a couple of your books. Um, but could you just sort of just put yeah. it all into a nutshell for us? Oh, that yes, I'll try. <laughs> um, it's just yeah, it's just a bit of a big nut, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I came into the industry by accident, basically, um, and that was uh, I did my first nail course um, in about eighty six. 
Um, and I, I just came across it by accident. And because I have a scientific brain more than anything else, I was just fascinated with the science of it all. And back at, back in those days, you know, it was a tiny little industry. You know, most people hadn't heard about now uh, false nails. You know, now now we call them enhancements, but whatever. They hadn't heard about false nails, hadn't heard about acrylics particularly. It was really very new. So when I started learning um, the places where I learned, there were no occupational standards then. There was no college courses for it at all. It was just short courses. And when I started learning about it, I was just fascinated with the science. And so I was just saying, yeah, but why if you do that and that, you get that? And what if you don't? And really at that time, nobody could answer. And so that's, that is what made me interested in it more than anything else, more than the creative side of it. Um, and so, and that's what's kept me in it really, because it, I love the science bit. So I, yeah, I did that. That was 86. I opened a salon um, with a partner. Um, it was either 87 or 88. I'm not sure in the town local to where I live, which is in Hertfordshire. Um, and, uh, you know, people were like, what, you're opening a nail salon? Yeah, we are. And, you know, like, I remember it well, mums at the school gates, you know, because I had young children then. Mums at the school gates were saying, you're mad. You know, my sister said to me, <laughs> you're mad. No one's going to pay to come and just get their nails done. And I was like, well, we'll see. Anyway, so that was that was way back then. And that salon, which we opened, still exists, would you believe? I mean, really? I haven't been involved with it for well, a long time. I was just trying to work out, like trying to quickly do the maths, how old I would have been back then. And I think I'd have been about 13. So I was just thinking... Do I recall any like nail salons or beauty salons? And there wasn't any. No. I remember my mum and my grandma going to a hairdresser's, you know, under big, you know, for set, you know, under big. Oh, yeah, big yeah. Dryers, yeah, that's <laughs> you dryers, know, like, yeah. um, and the smell of perm lotion. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and going for a blow wave. But there weren't, there, there weren't anything like that when I, when I, think back now you know like beauty salons or nail salons my mum used to paint her nails every Sunday night <laughs> uh, with nail varnish and that was it mm. Yeah, there was nothing, mother. No, and and I mean, you you could get your nails painted at the hairdressers, and actually, because I was in, I was involved, you know, not long after that, I was involved with um, the writing of the original occupational standards, and that was in around sort of nineteen ninety one, um, and the and and manicuring was taught to hairdressers. It wasn't taught because I mean, even beauty therapists didn't, there weren't many of those around. And actually the guy who was the chairman of the, uh, the industry authority for the sector, which then called the HBTTB, which is the hairdressers and beauty therapy training board. And his name was Wallace Sharps. And he actually, sorry, I'm going to cough. <laughs> um, need a drink of tea I, I know it's gone cold uh, so with, with all this chatting um so yeah he was he was actually the person that coined the phrase a beauty therapist because you know it sounded more professional and so you know that was that was the the the, the standards got written very very early 90s if not 90s and so I was I was involved with that and you know I found out so much about the history that it was only taught to hairdressers and you could get your nails done in hairdressers but that was about it and that was just a it was the Revlon manicure it was right right back to the beginning it was the Revlon manicure um, and you could get it done in like department stores in the hair in the hairdressing so it at that time it sort of needed to come out of hairdressing because hairdressers yes. aren't interested in nails and quite rightly you know the hairdressers I would just 
Yeah, I would just start thinking, I wouldn't like to think I had to cut somebody's hair. And I'm sure hairdressers <laughs> wouldn't like to think they had to do someone's nails. Exactly. Yeah. So it didn't fit. And so then this whole beauty thing started. I mean, a bit before then, obviously, there were beauty, you know, there was waxing and facials and, you know, but only for like rich people then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it, then the whole manicuring thing and pedicure came out away from the hairdressing qualifications and went into these new qualifications that were for beauty therapists. And so um, I was involved back then um, in, in the first set of those and the whole MVQ thing started. Um, and then, I mean, I know I was one of the people, there weren't many of us actually, um, really fighting that, you know, we have to have artificial nails in here as well. It's not just about manicuring. We can do more than that now. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's a skill and it has hazards connected to it. So, so it was a few years later that art, artificial, what was it called? I think it was just called artificial nail. I can't remember. Anyway, it was called artificial nail something. That a, a whole unit was written for that and the beauty therapists hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they, it damages your nails. It's terrible. We're not going to do it. Oh, oh. So it was, it was quite a fight for a long time. Um, first of all, to get a unit in beauty therapy for artificial nails. And then the next fight was to take it out and put it in its own uh set of standards which that happened a few years later so uh, you know it's yeah it's a, anyway that was a long story but anyway that's where I started like <laughs> 30 30 something years ago um and during that time um I've done a bit of everything obviously I had a salon then I was involved with the the standards creation and the MVQ the whole MVQ thing and I did all my qualifications for that at, at around that time as well because I thought yes we, we're going to be proper we're going to be professional little did yeah. I know that it didn't quite work out like that um <laughs> but uh so yeah so for a long time I was a teacher I had a training school and I used to teach in FE and I had my own satellite center so I did a lot of teaching then and then um oh before that I was an, um, an educator for a, a big brand which at that time was called creative nail design which we now know as cnd and yeah. um I went over to the states and did their international boot camp which is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done um because they're my goodness they oh, they push you hard but it was good it was a really good thing to do um and then uh I was oh I was with Habia um everything like kept moving along and we ended up with Habia which is the hairdressing and beauty industry authority um and they had many guises and so I for a long time I was the chairperson of the nail services forum for that um and then they asked me actually would I be interested in writing a textbook and I was like oh I've never done that before <laughs> um, I had that book uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that well, the beauty therapy one? No, that Very came nice. after my first textbook. Um, my first textbook launched in uh, 01. That was the first one. And that was Habia asking me to do it. And then um, I think City and Guilds endorsed it then. So then, yeah, I, that was my first one. And then the fourth edition of it because you know it's quite a long time ago oh one 19 years ago um <laughs> so the fourth edition of it was published three years ago um so that's four editions of that book and then in in along alongside that not recently I co-wrote three others so there were other beauty therapy books and I wrote the nails section and then uh, there was another author that did the beauty section so I did three of those in between so that's the textbook writing. And then 
something that was really exciting. Oh, oh yeah. I know there's so much. Yeah. That's what I mean. I've been around a long time. Um, so yeah, about nine, 1996, I discovered the whole sessions world again. It was an accident. I just, it just happened. I discovered it and thought, oh, I quite like doing this. This is quite nice. So, um, so yeah, I've been doing the whole sessions thing since 96. And I did my first fashion show in 97, um, a Baptism of Fire, because it was uh, Givenchy Haute Couture in Paris when Alexander McQueen was the designer. And so, I, yeah, I went over to, I got some sponsorship for that because there's no money in nails in sessions. I mean, yeah. for years there was no money. Um, so I got a sponsor, went over to Paris and did that show um, with my business partner in the salon, as it happens. Um, <laughs> and uh, I made 12 inch spiral nails for that. Um, oh gosh. and you know none of that had ever been done and and I was like I don't know how to do this well I just well well you've got to sort it out haven't you you've got to work out how to do it. I gave myself yeah. a talking to and said well work it out you know how you know how the products work so um and so I've been doing that ever since basically and I do a lot of shows and do a lot of media stuff and you know that's that's sort of my day job really um and then and a really exciting part. Sorry, you see, I, it's a big nut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a big nut to squeeze into that shell. Um, it is. It so is. Uh, a year ago, because I because of that that part of my career, more than anything, because I've done, I mean, I've just had the most amazing experiences over all this time. I mean, unbelievable experiences. You know. Do you do you find you have to pinch yourself, yes. Marian, and think? Oh my god! Like yes. even Often. just like I've met, I've met so and so, so and so, or yeah, you know, you've achieved so much. Yes, I, 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 I think probably my first pinch, real pinch me moment was um, I worked on the Dior campaigns for ten years, which is a long wow. time. And yeah. I remember the very first Dior campaign I worked on, which was around about ninety seven. It was when John Galliano had had moved to Dior as the creative director, and it was it was his first campaign with Dior, and. Uh, uh, and it was all that time ago. And I remember being in the studio with the photographer who I, who had, who's basically created my career, um, who I still work with, uh, because, you know, nobody did this job then. It didn't exist. Um, but then he was the photographer that li loves detail. And so he found me, I found him. And, you know, all these years later, we still work together. Um, and it did start a sort of a career route for a lot of people because it wasn't a career that was done then nobody knew what it yeah. was so um yeah my very first pinch me moment was that very first deal campaign and I was sitting on a sofa in the studio with everyone hanging around and there were four models in that campaign and they were dressed ready to go on set and everybody smoked then you know it was a long time ago yeah and, the, and they were standing leaning against the wall smoking a cigarette in these amazing outfits and I just <gasps> looked at them and thought oh my god God, that is Linda Evangelista. That is Shalom Harlow. And you know that you must know Linda Evangelista. You might not know Shalom, but you would if you saw her. And and Yasmin Guri. And they were like supermodels. They were the supermodels. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here looking <laughs> at this. And it was like, oh my God, how did I get here? Yeah. So I've had Aww. loads and loads of those moments. Loads beyond, beyond. I'm very lucky, very fortunate yeah. to have that those things Marianne, to fall back on mm. what's been one of like your not career low points but one of the things that you remember as being 
not a high point, but a low point really instead in your career? Challenging. Yeah, a challenge. Um, well, I suppose I did quite a long time ago in 07, 07, 08, um, Lots of people were telling me, you've got to bring out your own range. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, there are millions of polished bottles sitting on the shelf. Do I want to add any more to them? And basically, no, I didn't. Um, but I did have an idea, you know, the sort of science part of me. I did have an idea and I did invest a lot of money and I did launch a brand in 08. And um, I got the, the very first piece of uh, information that came out was a whole page in British Vogue. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my god! Yeah, I know a whole page in British Vogue about um, this brand of mine. But unfortunately, I launched that towards the end of '08, and it, it went really, really well. I had loads of people wanted to buy it, and so I needed to increase investment. And I had it was in it was January it was in January '09. I remember it well. Um, I had an appointment with my bank manager, who was a real person at that time. And she <laughs> said, yeah, real, a real person, yeah, not on the <laughs> phone or anything. And she, she advised me that I should go for um, a government business loan. And, and she'd, she'd seen, she'd seen all the, you know, financial side of it. And she yeah. said, you are going to get, you know, you're absolutely perfect for this. So I'm like, okay, right, let's do it. And then I can buy more stock and, you know, like lift it up a bit, you know, start ramping yeah. it up. And um, yeah. I was in Selfridges. I launched in Selfridges actually. I had my my own oh my, God. my own space in Selfridges. I can't believe that we didn't know about no, this. I well, can't. we've just googled it, Marion. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why you don't know about it because I launched at the end of 08, around about sort of September time. I think. I think. September, October, maybe, um, with my own space in in the beauty hall of Selfridges, um, and then lots of other people wanted to buy it. And then um, on in the January, the bank manager said, "Yeah, you know, you're going to get this loan, which means the government underwrite it. You know, basically, you have to pay it yeah, back, yeah. but they underwrite it." And so I went for my meeting um, in January. I think it was a Tuesday morning, might have been a Monday morning. It was like nine o'clock. Right, I, I just had to go in and sign all the forms. Everything else had been passed, fine, yeah, business plan, perfect. Went in, saw the bank manager, who was a lovely lady who'd been very supportive, and she said, oh, I'm really sorry, but the Chancellor stood up in Parliament last night and put a stop on the business loans. No. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, don't worry, it will probably be reinstated at the end of the week. Right? That was oh, 09. Can they just stop oh, it? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. They can. And that was January 09. That was when we had a massive financial crash. Don't know if you remember yeah. it. Mm. Um, well, that, that particular business loan has never been reinstated. So, you know, so oh. much for my end of the week. And I, that was it. I had to, I had to stop it because I had to, you oh, know. Oh, such a shame. So the whole thing stopped and I lost an awful lot of money because it was my own money oh, that I'd God. invested. So. You'd see nowadays we'd have things like crowdfunding and <laughs> yes. all kinds of things. Yeah. What's it called? Funding circle. And yeah, there's, there's so, so many, many yeah. options now. Yeah. There are, but you know, back then it was oh nine. It was such it was such a huge disappointment that I just thought, no, I'm just gonna you know oh. And then I couldn't, I couldn't even talk about it for ages, you know, because yeah, it was like yeah. fi fingers in your ears, la la la, don't, don't mention it, don't mention it, I don't want to talk about yeah. it because it was, or I'll cry, know, yeah, because I'd lost <laughs> so much money, yeah. Um, oh my goodness. But anyway, you know, if it, it, 
I'm a big believer in every every challenge um, is a learning yeah. is a learning experience. So yeah, I learned a lot from that period of time. I was just going to ask. I was just yeah. going to ask you that if what you took away from that. What I took away from that is I'm never going to do another brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I did take a lot away a lot away from sort of understanding the business business side of things a bit more, which is not my not my forte at all at all. So. Um, yeah, that 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 was probably the lowest point. Yeah, but you know, I always I always look at people who have like started a brand, and I always think, wow, you are so brave. Because I think there's so much work that goes on behind yeah. creating that brand that people are so unaware of, down to cash flow and accounting and being VAT registered and X, Y, and Z. There's yeah. so much that comes with owning a brand and responsibility as well. I just think, wow. Yeah, these people are brave to start something as big as that. Yeah, yeah and I think it, it 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 is brave to do that. It's it's brave to continue with it, but I actually considered myself to be brave to stop it. Yeah, yeah to walk away. To, yeah, and, sometimes and, you've got to know when. Yeah, when it's time to walk away and when enough is enough. Yeah, and that and that was brave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. We had a bit of a situation like this. It's obviously very different to yourself, but we needed to move salons we had like a home conversion mm. and we needed to find a premises because we needed to take on staff and we just couldn't do that from home so we were going to take on a unit in like the shopping center close to us and we'd viewed it and we'd said yeah and we were going through solicitors and we we're paying for like an architect it was just the money that we invested it in it it was complete high level salon wasn't it, it yeah. wasn't going to be just like I don't know moving from a home salon it were almost what you thought your dreams were were, were made to be yeah you know this this lovely we were going to be a high street salon not yeah. just a village salon and we 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 spent a lot of money yeah, we invested thousands. a lot of money into it but actually when the architects got in there and said look ladies you do know they don't have this your aircon needs to be plumbed in for miles before we can get it to come out again. Yeah, like and in the, an oh. underground car park and it just escalated the costs. Like we were like, oh, we can do this with £30,000. And then we were like, it kept getting bigger, bigger. and bigger mm. and bigger. And it were like doubling and, and then doubling. we were working out like, oh. we were working out how long it would take us to get this money back by the time we'd been spending staff wages. And it just got to the point where it were like, it just isn't doable. Mm. Not, so we had to just say to them yeah. and I had to ring them and say, look, we're not, we're not doing this. We're pulling out. And we'd spent money on solicitors. The architects cost thousands <laughs> yeah. and we just Building lost all regs. the money. Yeah, but was... looking at now what's happened this year, particularly because yeah. this was only like September last year. Oh, that looking at them. now, <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, what I mean, that was a brave decision to walk away from that. But my goodness, looking back on it, what a good decision. Yeah, that's what we say now because we are big believers in like the law of attraction and things happen for a reason. Mm. And we look back now, Marianne, and we think, oh, thank we goodness, been, yeah, we'd have been in such a pickle now. Yeah um because we did move but where we moved to is completely different it's we have a lovely landlord and like what would you call them landlord yeah landlord yeah landlord yeah, yeah. we pay yeah. we pay rent yeah. to them so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> boss whatever, that, that person, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call them the one that takes but the money yeah yeah <laughs> but they are lovely people out there they yeah. were, they've you know said to us right at the beginning of the pandemic 
ladies, just go home. Don't, you know, no rent. Don't, Don't think about oh, it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they are lovely. We've one been, of the good ones. Yeah. yeah. Clients, if any of our clients do listen to the podcast, they'll know we've done a huge 360 because we've actually gone back to, it's like an old sort of like grade two listed building, but it's got lots of other sort of practitioners in there. So like a chiropractor, a hair salon, um and literally we were there for quite a lot of years quite a while back and we left to go home open as home salon but we just got busier and busier and then they said to us come back just come back oh, and we were like well would you have nice. us back and they're like of course we would because they always remained as clients yeah, even when we yeah. left oh yeah, so, nice that's a nice that's yeah. a happy ending story isn't it it yeah. is a full 360 and we're yeah. back where we and you're back with a lovely landlord that hasn't yeah that hasn't taken money that you're not earning over exactly. these months wow yeah but yeah. I remember back then when we because we told clients we were moving it were on all the social media the picture of the new unit looking all lovely glass fronted and then to have to tell them no we're not moving it were like a bit of a knock to the ego wasn't yeah. it as well it were yeah so it were a bit embarrassing really wasn't it we felt embarrassed to have to tell people that you know we were pulling out and we weren't going ahead with it but it In needed time. to be done yeah we made the right decision yeah we cried over the money we lost <laughs> yes I'm <laughs> we sure like, but but thank goodness you know you could yeah. have you could have lost an awful lot more yeah yeah we could have been in a real tricky situation now so yeah yeah, we do keep saying that, don't we, Shelby? Yeah. We keep Thank saying, goodness. oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so we're just back where we started. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like home. Yeah, exactly. So one of the other things, um, before we let you leave, if that's all right, <laughs> we just wanted to sort of touch on, if any of our listeners are listening to our chat now, I think when this airs, we'll sort of, hopefully, fingers crossed, be ready to return to work. Yeah. Um, what, Marion, do you, I know you've got like lots of guidelines and the British Beauty Council have, have given out guidelines. But there seems to be so much confusion still, and I, and I'm not quite sure why some people are using nail files, throwing them away, washing and sanitizing. Some are storing in plastic bags. Some are storing in paper envelopes. People still don't know what what they need to do, and and they're still really confused. Can you sort of just give us just a quick brief of what's best to do? What, with nail files specifically or in general? <laughs> Just <laughs> in, in general. In general. <laughs> Everything. Um, well, what, what is best to do is, is, is look at the guidelines on the British Beauty Council because they're the details. That's the detail in there. But basically... What people have to do is to is to just reinstate the standards that have been there forever for for nail professionals. There's there's nothing new in the in the way of working. There's nothing new in best practice. It's all exactly the same. It's just people have like you know it's just been dropped and dropped because it's too hard, too expensive, you know whatever. So it it's it's the same. What we need to do is the same as it's always been. So just go back to the original standards. We just have that additional covid part of it um that we have to consider and that and that again um i did i did um i did a live the other uh whenever it was i can't remember 
anyway, recently I, I did a live because, you know, I know everybody was stressing about risk assessments and because the risk assessments do have to be done. And um, I, I decided this is teacher head on. I decided, OK, I've got to think of a way of, of helping this decision making process. So I came up with three phrases and um, and those three phrases, every time you're doing a risk assessment or you're thinking what is best for me to do, if you can answer yes to these three phrases, then you're not wrong. You're not far off being wrong. And I would, I, I, nobody can argue with you. So if the local authority environmental health officer comes and visits you, you've got your risk assessment and, you know, they might say, why are you doing that? And you can explain why you're doing that. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, then they're not going to argue with you. So the three phrases is, first of all, um, reasonably practical. So whatever it is you do has got to be reasonable and it's got to be practical. It's not got to, got to be over the top and silly. It's got to be workable. Um, the other one is due diligence. And that means that, you know, when you're making up your minds about things, you've done all your own research. You've got all the facts as, 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 as you can find them. And you come to your decision having done your research, which is really, really important. Um, mm -hmm. And then the third one is duty of care, because we should have we're in the service industry. We have a duty of care to ourselves, a duty of care to our colleagues and a duty of care to our clients. And what we have to do is make sure that all of those people are as safe as you can possibly make them um, by sort of assuming that every single person that walks, comes and sits at your table has got COVID basically I mean they, they probably haven't but you know if, yeah. if you assume they have and yeah and assume you have and what what you're doing is keeping you safe from them and then safe from you so all the all the original standards nothing's changed it's all the same and when you do your risk assessments you ask yourself the, each of those three questions and then with the additional COVID part of it exactly the same ask yourself those three questions and if you can answer yes then you're pretty close to being spot on. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So, you know, even yeah. with the files, I mean, it, even in the official guidelines, it does even mention nail files, doesn't it? I was like, oh, you've mentioned nail files. Why haven't you mentioned anything <laughs> else? So, you know, it does yeah. say single, it says use single use where possible. Um, you know, there's your get out, basically. It yeah, is saying, where possible. you know, yeah. So single use <laughs> is obviously the number one choice, but... You know, if that is going to put too much in, into your um, cost of service, you know, cost mm -hmm. of products, then you have to find another way. But make sure that other way is equally safe as if you were having single use. And there are ways to make even a nail file yeah. safe I mean, to how use. Much, how much were we saying our nail files work out at? I can't remember. Um... Did we say about 70 pence? I think 60 pence, I think, for the ones that we use. Yeah, which probably doesn't sound a lot, but it is through the course of the day and the weeks and the months. And and yeah, clients. <laughs> exactly. It does add up. And, and also, it, you don't just use one, do you? You use several. No. You use buffers no. and, you know, there's lots yeah. of things you use in a service. So... And there's the environment to think about as well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's even more plastic, isn't there? You know, with yeah. the, with what, what we have to do, there's even more plastic involved. So, yeah, and I, and I think, you know, if you do do a proper risk assessment, ask yourself those questions um, and have the answers. You know, if anybody does question you, you know, why aren't you using single use? You know, lots of people prefer to use single use. Great. That's the number one choice. Um, but lots 
don't. So as long as you've got all the answers as to why you're doing this and how you can prove that you're being absolutely 100% safe, well, 99.9, because <laughs> disinfection is 99.9. Yeah. Um, as long as you can prove that you are being 99.9% safe, then who can argue with you? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very good point, Marianne. Yes. <laughs> a good point to leave <laughs> to on, leave if on. I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Just one thing, one more thing. I know we, we've got, honestly, we've gone, we've gone so far. I told you. Time. I warned you. Well, I'm <laughs> as bad as you two. I could talk for England as well. Um, one more thing. Keep your eyes open later in the year because for the last 18 months or so, I've been working on a really exciting education project and um, I'm really, really, truly excited. It's completely unique. It's a whole different way of, of, of learning and it's, a, it's, um, it's all the theory stuff that people don't really want to learn and a lot of teachers don't want to teach. Um, so, so, yeah, keep your eye. We'll, we'll be launching it later in the year and I'm really excited about it. So, Is that at the end of this year then, yeah. 2020? Yes. I mean, if oh, uh, maybe I September. thought the exciting news was the video. Oh, yeah, I did. No, well, it so- is. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the lovely thing that has come out of you know we were talking about Madge, and that's a lovely thing that has actually come out of Madge. You know, in a in a way. Yeah. Um, but no, this big project I've been working on for so long, and actually I'm working with Doug on it as well. So there's um oh that'll be amazing yeah so I'm really excited about that and I love all that side of things anyway well that's my best bit to that it's my best bit yeah you know all this session stuff I have a I have a whale of a time doing the session stuff and it pays the bills but um my real my real bit is like the sciencey bit it's the bit I love the most so yeah Ooh. so where will we be hearing about this oh you're here (laughs) (laughs) everywhere I hope so everywhere yeah yeah I mean as as it happens you know I had a meeting with them for a British Beauty Council thing and for uh, another another group of women who were talking about the new normal and um, you know education education is changing it's changing dramatically yeah it's got to change it's got to yeah it's got to this is in general I mean general education I don't necessarily mean nail education but general education so you know there's going to be an awful lot more done online that can be done online yeah. and I yeah think, I think not just with regards to education but I think with lockdown yeah and technology you know like my son broke his collarbone during lockdown of all things <laughs> but he was having physio you know over zoom calls and and I just think it's just going to be follow on I don't just even think it's our industry. I think a yeah. lot more will be done online. It will, it, and it's going to continue. And one of the ladies who was on this little group, there's only four of us, um, and she's the head of a university department. She's head of the Department of Sciences and Psychology. I don't know why it's sciences. Anyway, she is. Um, and she was saying that, you know, when, when lockdown came, they had to suddenly put 90, 90 courses online so that you know their their students um from the university could continue to study and yeah yeah so you know everybody is beginning to realize that this is the solution to some problems yeah yeah I think it is to some but I still agree that like that physical hands-on course yeah with our type of industry you you do still need that I like it. I, I learn better like that. I know I do. I love somebody to come and say to me, "No, do it like this." Yeah, exactly. and like show you how to hold yeah. something or do, do something. I just do like that. I like um, sort of like building on your skills online. Yeah, yeah, but, yes, but yeah, not not building blocks. Skills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this this 
I mean, th- this is essential that, you know... We're, we're... <laughs> you try and not to spill too much, can't you? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, in our industry, it, classroom is essential, essential. Yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with doing with doing actual practical skills online because you're not getting that one-to-one you're not getting the feedback as you say you're not getting you know you're holding your brush at the wrong angle if you hold it at this angle it'll be easier and then you do it and you realize oh yeah it is so none of that none of that can possibly be lost but um the sort of online theoretical side of it that that can take up a lot of time in the classroom um and it can and also it's not for everybody you know not everybody really wants to know that and so you know they it's like la 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 do we have to know this I'm not going to bother um and also teachers you know creative teachers they don't necessarily like teaching it because it's not their thing so I think a lot of the sort of theory side can go online and then that leaves a hundred percent of the time in the classroom Mm -hmm doing practical skills which is what you need to do yeah 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 I totally agree with that and I think I'm not the quickest at doing anything either so whether that's painting a nail or reading I've always been that touch slower than some people so I think when if you can learn in your own time yeah theory I just think I absorb it. I tend to go back and read it again as well. Wow. I'm like, oh, what did I just read? <laughs> yeah, you see, now that's the text. That's that's like the textbook yeah. side. But what we've been working on is nothing like a textbook because if you know anything about teaching, you you understand learning styles and everybody has a different learning style. You've just yeah. described yours. Yeah. But then yours is going to be different to somebody else's. So yeah. what this little, little, it's huge, um <laughs> it's taken forever um, what this project does is it, it it actually addresses every single learning style there is so it's the written it's it's I, I'm not going to say anymore but it- yeah. <laughs> me and Shelby me and Shelby are looking at each other like giving each other the eyes as though we're like mm, do we know can, <laughs> can we, we guess? figure it out <laughs> well you know well you know it's online you know it's like the theory yeah. side of our job and it hits every single learning style of every single person I think that'll be amazing amazing so. resource destiny definitely definitely <laughs> well I hope so we're keeping our fingers crossed but it is quite yeah. unique and I think you know we like two years ago when we started talking about it we were so ahead of the game um yeah but now <laughs> now we're not because so much has been put online but nobody has got anything quite quite like the, the, the way that yeah, we're doing and and I guess you couldn't launch it at a better time well you know yeah unfortunately but yeah it is quite a good time well as long as we can get yeah. it out this year I'll be happy um, yeah. But we're hoping that the the bulk of it will be ready sort of September time, September, maybe October. It's not, not, it's not, not that far, far away. No. Really. No. No. <laughs> oh, well, we'll definitely keep our ears, eyes yeah. Yeah, peeled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's Look, so much for your 40 minutes. I know. <laughs> we don't mind. It's been fun. Well, I won't be offended if you edit a load out. It's fine. <laughs> Oh no, 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 we don't. We're, we don't tend to do it. We no. edit out a few erms and silences, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't think yeah, we've thank got you. many we've silences. Re- no, no. no. <laughs> we don't find I, them. <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you, Marion. I just feel like I've learned so much from you. Um, it's just I think been brilliant. Everyone, like from our, like I'm only twenty four, so I'm still quite new to the industry. And I think everybody knows who Marion Newman is. 
Ooh. But it's amazing to actually sit and speak to you. <laughs> I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah, like we talk to Samantha Sweet quite a lot, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, we we I think the first ever podcast episode was with um Helena from Scratch Magazine. Oh yeah. And we asked we asked Helena um if we were to throw a dinner party, who would the three guests be? Um, and she picked you as oh, one of her guests. Yeah. Oh, bless her. And she said that so that she can share a bottle of red wine with you. Oh, yeah. She, see, the people that do actually know me, they that's what they all say. Oh, has she got a red? And I, if I've got yeah. my red, I'm happy. And they all know that. Yeah, yeah. They know it's but it's been red. lovely chatting to you. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's been lovely chatting to you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at The Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, The Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so much again and please do look out for another episode of The Beauty Edit Podcast.